This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Graw, New Whale. From giants right down to fairies, about the drooping and solitary, and ghosts who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 144 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we have a story of two brothers and three plagues. This is the story of Cleve and Clevelis. But first, I want to give a very big welcome to any new listeners. If this is your first episode, why don't you listen to this one? And then listen to the episode of Pulch, Prince of David onwards, or David onwards, uh, to see our, the beginnings and the journey of our course through Welsh mythology with the Mabinogion. If you like that, why don't you head right back to the very, very beginning or oh, nearly three years ago, 143 episodes leading up to this one and see what we've been building up to the journey of Fireside so far. And if you are a returning listener, as always, thank you so, so much for your recent or continued support. Please do follow me over on Instagram at firesidebard. Email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. It's the best place to get in touch, see what I'm up to otherwise other than Fireside. And if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so over at headstuffpodcast.com. The link is in the description where for as little as five euro a month, although you can pay more if you want, you can join Headstuff Plus and join the intimate community of Fireside supporters and gain access to bonus material, not just for the podcast, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And we have two brand new supporters over on Headstuff Plus. I want to give a big welcome to Caitlin Quinn and to Kelly McDonald, who join Anne McAvoy as our three most recent supporters over on Headstuff Plus. Thank you so much and welcome. Uh, please enjoy the most recent bonus episode, which was my interview with Ireland's Immortals author Mark Williams and there'll be a brand new piece of bonus material coming up very soon probably with after next week's episode in fact uh, just looking on these now but if that is by the by that is totally if you want to support and if you are in a position to I'm very very excited ladies and gentlemen those who have been listening to the last couple of episodes well, know that I was away. I was on a retreat, a writer's retreat of sorts, or a fireside retreat, 
to Wales uh, to a place called Tralfluen Mainachlugdi uh, at the foothills of the Priscelli Mountains where I just had a week just spent walking around and getting as ahead of myself with Fireside as possible trying to finish the adaptation of the Mabinogion and really ingrain myself in the land of Wales and it was an incredibly rewarding and enriching and very meditative and incredible experience for me to have just a week spent myself uh, just away from everything and it was really really beneficial not just for the podcast but for me personally as well I managed to get about four or five episodes written to record it and so I'm recording now but where I'm recording from in case you've noticed a significant boost in audio fidelity I am back in the Headstuff Podcast Network studios in Dublin which I haven't been in for nearly a year now, I think, because I was recording remotely when the pandemic first broke out, as I have recorded on and off, depending on whether I've been abroad or at home. But I came back about this time last year. I spent a few weeks recording back in the Headstuff Studios, but then things collapsed again and I went back to recording remotely and then I was travelling around the world for a few months But it feels fantastic to finally be back home to where Fireside started and to be back, back where we, where it all started and just, yeah, (laughs) Uh, as everly articulate as always outside of the scripts as I am. But yes, that's what has me in good form and that's what has this certainly sounding very, very good in my ears and my headphones now. And we will get the full benefit of that now with the story, because the story for this week, as I said, is a story about two brothers, one the King of Wales and one the King of France, and these three plagues over the island of Britain that they must deal with together. We will chat more afterwards, of course, but this is the story of Cleve and Clivellis on Fireside. Cleve and Clevelis. Belly the Great was king of the Britons. He had four sons, Cleve, Caswallin, Ninyo, and Clefelis. And when Belly died, the throne passed peacefully to his eldest son, Cleve. Cleve became a powerful and benevolent king. He built up the capital city of the island, building high walls around it and houses and buildings within it unlike anywhere else in Britain. From that city he ruled. He was firm and just, but always beneficent and generous. He never refused food or drink to anyone who asked. This capital city became known as Caer Cleeth, later Caer Clandon, or as we would know it today, London. As a side note, we over in Ireland believe that London gets its name from Lou. You be the judge of that. Of all of his brothers, Cleeth loved Clefelis most of all. For while Cleeth was strong-willed as a king, Clefelis was wise and prudent. Because he would never inherit the throne of Britain, he was third in line before any children had even been born, Clefelis looked elsewhere for somewhere to rule. The king of France died without leaving a male heir, but he had left behind one daughter. Clefelis went to Cleeth in London and asked his brother for permission to sail to France and seek the hand in marriage of the princess. Cleeth would have done anything for his brother, 
So Cleve and Clavellis and a retinue of armed knights set sail across the channel and landed safely in France. Once they were on French shores, word was sent of their purpose. The brother of the King of Britain had come to seek the hand of the Princess of France. After the councillors and courtiers met, it was decided that the princess would be married to the British King's brother, and Clefellis became King of France. But not too long after this, three plagues descended upon the island of Britain. The first was the arrival of a people called the Cormiad. They possessed a gift where there was no conversation on the island that they did not hear, no matter where or how softly spoken. This gave the Corignad an infinite wealth of knowledge, ensuring that they could never, ever be harmed. The second plague was stranger still. On the 1st of May each year, a scream was heard across the island, so piercingly loud it caused crops and livestock to become barren, women to miscarry, warriors to lose their strength, and men and women to lose their senses. The final plague was this. No matter how much food and drink was gathered and prepared, even if it was for an entire year, the food would not or could not be enjoyed past its first night. The first plague was simple and clear, but no one knew the cause of the second two, and no one knew the solution to any of the three. But Cleve had a plan. He would go to the wisest counsellor he had, his brother Clefellus. In silence, secret ships were prepared, lest the Corignard should hear of the king's plan. From his throne in France, Clefellus heard there were ships approaching from Britain. He mustered his own fleet to meet his brother in the open waters of the Channel. There they met on a single vessel and the two brothers embraced. To ensure their conversation would not be carried on the wind to the ears of the Corignard, the wise Clefellus had a great bronze horn built, which could only be held up to a single ear so that he and Cleve could finally speak in peace. But every time one brother spoke into the horn, only insults and criticism were heard on the other end. Somehow a demon had possessed the bronze horn. So Clefellus poured wine into the horn and drowned the demon, and finally... Cleve and Clefellus could talk in peace. Clefellus said, My brother, the solution to the first plague is simple. I will give you a species of insect to breed. You must breed them to ensure that this plague never comes back. Crush these insects and mix them with your finest spring water. Then assemble all of your people. Once they are gathered, Sprinkle the water mixture over them all. This mix will kill all of the Corignard, but will not harm a single Briton. The second plague, the scream heard across the land. The source of this scream is a dragon. This beast is fighting another dragon from a foreign land. The cure for this is such. You must find the exact centre of the island of Britain. There you must dig a hole and fill the hole with the highest quality mead. Then you must place a sheet of brocaded silk over the hole and await the dragons. You will see the two beasts fight in many monstrous forms. 
but eventually they will take to the sky as the dragons that they are. But once they tire, they will become pigs and will fall into the sheet of brocaded silk. You must remove the sheet and the pigs will have their fill of the mead. Once they are drunk and stuffed, they will sleep. Then you must lock them in a stone chest and store them where they will never escape again. The third plague is caused by a great sorcerer who carries off your food, drink and provisions. He achieves this through a sleeping spell he placed on all of your kingdom. So you yourself, brother, must stand guard and assure you do not fall asleep. Do this by keeping a bath full of cold water beside you. And whenever you feel yourself nodding off, step into the bath. Having committed every detail his brother had told him to memory, and going through each step twice and three times, Cleave embraced Clefellus once more and returned to Britain to face the three plagues. Cleave immediately assembled all of his people, along with the coronyard. He crushed the insects into a great vat of water, and as if he was sprinkling holy water from his scepter, Cleeth doused all of the assembled crowd in the bug juice, and every one of the coronyard gasped and choked and fell to the ground dead, and not a single Briton was harmed, and the coronyard never reached the island again. Cleeth had to wait a few months until the 1st of May to deal with the second plague. He used this time to find where the exact centre of the island was. Cleeth found that it was in fact near Oxford, and there is where the hole was dug and filled with a fresh brew of the king's own mead. Then a newly woven sheet of brocaded silk was fit over the hole like a trap to catch wild animals, which... In a way, of course, it was. Soon the dreadful scream was heard, and Cleeth and all of his retinue of knights had to cover their ears. They watched in awe as they saw two long serpent-like dragons thrash and coil into the air. They spat fire and wrestled one another until they each grew tired, and finally the two dragons collapsed to the ground, landing on the sheet of brocaded silk and turning into pigs. The pigs then began to devour the delicious mead until the two drunken swine fell fast asleep. Cleed then wrapped the dragon pigs up in the silk sheet, had the sheet placed in a stone chest and hid the chest in a place that would die with him. And that place was called Dinas Emeris. And so ended the scream. And so ended the second plague. King Cleeth then returned to London, and the mightiest feast was prepared. Cleeth sat at the head table with an ice bath prepared for him. Every time the goblets were refilled, fresh ice was poured into the bath. As the evening went on, Cleeth began to hear enchanting music, and found himself growing tired. The king quickly dunked himself into the ice-cold bath. Cleed did this over and over throughout the evening until at last the sorcerer appeared. Not like the thin, wafy, older magician Cleed was expecting. 
This man was of enormous stature and wore strong and heavy armour. The sorcerer carried in his arms a hamper which he filled with the food, drink and provisions of the feast. No matter how much he placed inside, the hamper did not fill. Cleath said to the magician, Stop! You are the final plague of this land, and unless you prove yourself to be stronger and braver than I, you will not eat another morsel of my people's food. Cleath and the sorcerer fought with their steel. They were well matched, and the sparks that flew from the clash and twang of their swords nearly set the entire banquet hall up in flames. But fortune favoured Cleave, and soon the magician was begging for mercy. Why should I give you mercy? I did not show mercy to the Corinyad or to the two dragons, and you have inflicted equal harm and loss unto me and my people. Any harm I have caused I will repay double, and I will swear loyalty to you and become your vassal. Cleave accepted these terms, and the third and final plague was ended. And that is how Cleave freed the island of Britain from the three plagues, all through the wise counsel of his beloved brother Clefellus. And from that day until his last day, Cleave ruled the island in peace and prosperity. And that is the story of Cleave and Clefellus. And so it ends. But the Mabinogion is to be continued. Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Spice Bags is a podcast about food in Ireland from an international perspective. I'm May, I'm an American food writer, and I'm with my friends Blanca, a chef from Spain, and Dee, an Irish food editrix. And we are the Spice Bags, three sassy ladies with a lot to dish up. Join us for the chats. And that is the tale of Cleave and Clevelis on Fireside, and I hope you enjoyed it. This story is... Along with the the last tale of the dream of Emperor Maxon, is really where you see that though the Mabinogion is a very set collection of stories of these eleven or twelve different stories, you can see very clearly that they come from various different sto- sources and they use different styles. The four branches of the Mabinogion are very dialogue based. It is constant, just back and forth between the characters. And if anything, when I'm doing my versions, I try and put more prose or descriptive passages into them so that I can speak in my own voice more so. And it feels like my versions of the stories rather than just me doing attempts at Welsh accents. 
this story is quite different, and the dream of Emperor Maxon was quite different to that as well, because they were these are both very prose based, and they're very they're both very self contained as well, because we get references to Belly the Great in other stories, particularly in the next story we'll have next week. But other than that, they're incredibly self-contained and quite short. And like I said last week as well, I was very delighted with that um, for both the variety and just the break from the the challenge of adapting the bigger tales like Paredir and some of the branches of the Mabinogion. Because for the most part, I would like it ideally if every tale was just one episode so that it could be self-contained and you could listen to Fireside in any order like good old school Doctor Who but it isn't always that case and sometimes they're just too good not to and a lot of the time they split into their own individual chapters but it is really nice that Cleve and Clavellis and the Dream of Emperor Maxon and a couple of the other tales from the Mabinogion do fit nicely into single episodes this one just about because it is quite short quite simple what I like about it is, first and foremost, this tale of two brothers. I have one older brother, so that made it quite personal for me. But there are a lot of elements in this that also ring in Irish mythology too. And I'll go through a couple of these now. The first one is this fight between, is the second plague, the, the fight between these two dragons is terrifyingly like the quarrel of the two pig keepers, which is the inciting incident that kicks off the tawn in the prelude to the tawn. Before the pillow talk of Queen Maeve and King Alil, long before any of that, it started with two fairy pig keepers who could not stop arguing. And they argued in various forms. And they argued at one stage in the form of dragons and then in the form of maggots. And eventually they became uh, Don Cúlna and Finn Bannock, the brown bull of Cooley and the white horned bull of Connacht. And here in the story of Cleath and Clavellis, we have this second plague of these two quarrelling dragons. And it would be interesting to even think that those two dragons were at one stage those two pig keepers and that that was one thing that they were fighting over. It is also quite interesting that considering that the flag of Wales features a dragon on it and we have been exploring Welsh mythology, this, to my mind, is the first time there has actually been a dragon in one of these stories. You would have, have expected them there to be dragons in all of them, especially since we've come to be dealing with King Arthur and the like. And we've had monsters, certainly, per- particularly with Peredir when he was facing the Serpent of the Cairn. And there is certainly in a lot of early illustrations of dragons, uh, there's a strong similarity between like giant snakes and dragons in a lot of versions. You can look at how Tolkien drew Smaug, the dragon in The Hobbit. is very, very serpent-like, um, with just like shorter, shorter, thin arms and legs. But here, <clears throat> here we have that as the second plague. And the other two plagues, the first one being these Corinyat, these very interesting mysterious people who just can hear absolutely anything that is being said and heard. And this is quite interesting as this ultimate defense mechanism that if you can hear every conversation had about you, that 
is the ultimate form of defence that no one can ever sneak up on you and you can always find out how to escape or how to heal yourself. It's basically a defence for paranoia that if you, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't out to get you. And it's interesting that that is what their main, that is where their source of immortality or invulnerability comes from, of just this ability to hear every conversation to the point where Cleve and Cavellus have to communicate through this very elaborate drinking horn, which was almost a distracting story beat, but I couldn't help but include it because it was so interesting, of this drinking horn that they place on either side, that they each have one end up to their ear and they can only speak in one end of it, but that there was somehow a demon inside of it that meant that when they were speaking into it, only insults were heard on the other end. And the only way of getting rid of this demon was to pour alcohol in and drown him. Too good a beat not to include. And these invulnerable race of people, this the Corinyad, they could only be defeated through this bug juice, through this crushed up insect uh, mixed with water concoction that, for whatever reason, does not harm any of the native people at all. This is where you get real mythology at its at its most operating on its own terms. No explanation for that. Just you have to accept that that is that it is just this very specific concoction that only works on them, and that's the only way to defeat them, which works very successfully. Clefellus, in general, you know these. These characters are very stock and they're quite simple and they have their defining characteristics. So Cleeth is is very regal and he's he's very generous and benevolent, but Clefellus is the mind, he's the brain. And what a brain, my God, because he hears these three plagues and he knows exactly what to do about each one of them in incredible detail. And it makes it quite satisfying because of the rule of three of folklore where we have three plagues, three solutions, and it's broken up into those three threes. You have the description of the three plagues, then the proposed solution for the three plagues, and then the three plagues being defeated, being um, thwarted by Cleve himself going back. And pardon me, because we had this with the story of Polk, Prince of David, before, where... Polk was told by Rhiannon, his wife, how to win her hand. And in those versions of the story, Rhiannon would tell Polk what to do and then he would go and do it. Whereas when I adapted them, I would not explain what she said and just have it revealed when he was doing it because it it ends up being much longer. He's, they basically say, this is exactly what you're going to do. And then they'll have another explanation, another passage saying exactly what he did do, as if we hadn't heard it already before. But here I left it in because I loved this idea of Clefellus just telling, just breaking this down, just having this one monologue of, okay, I see your problem. I see these three plagues. I've got these three solutions exactly for you. And the final salute, the final plague, of course, being this magician then. And we have another very more and more common theme from or an element from mythology as well, which is the idea of the bottomless bag. We had this with Polk, Prince of David, uh, with the badger in the bag, where the suitor who was trying to marry Rhiannon, he locked in this bottomless bag and kicked him about in. 
and the sorcerer here has one as well where he mysteriously puts everyone to sleep another very strong element from folklore and mythology of just the music lulling people into sleep and Cleve having to just stay awake himself I, I thought it was noteworthy that the sorcerer is very big he's described as being quite beefy as well which you usually associate yeah the more magical sorcerer magician types of being more slim older characters and the warriors are the swall and burly ones but here it's very specifically described that this is one jacked magician this is a jacked sorcerer who Cleed then has to take on himself and is successfully able to do it and just wraps things up nicely that the three plagues were defeated and it was all thanks to Cephalus and Cleed continued to rule you know, there's nothing more really to it, but I still quite like it. I like it. It's nice, simple, self-contained. Um, I doubt that these two boys will pop up again in other ones, but it's just a nice tale of two brothers. In the Mad Addis audio version from Naxus Audios that I listened to alongside reading the Oxford World Classics version, this is the very last tale. And they're ordered differently. The two different versions of the Mabinogion I've been adapting from, they each have a different order after the four branches. The four branches are always first. And then after that, it's more of a random collection because there isn't necessarily an order to them. Although there definitely is to a subtle degree because there are still elements talked about throughout that happen before and after. And I've definitely leaned more with... um, the Oxford World Classics version for my order, although I've changed it slightly. I've rearranged two of them because there's one I want to finish with, which is kind of the most famous or seemed to be the story that cropped up the very most in the most amount of versions. But other than that, I'm keeping that. But it's interesting that this was the very last one on the the Naxos Audio version, which is split into many, many different parts. And this is just like this tiny little part at the end of this final story. Noteworthy in itself but with that I will wrap things up I hope you enjoyed the tale of Cleve and Clavellis of these two brothers and the three plagues uh, it's so good oh it feels so good to be back recording in the studio I didn't even realise how much I'd missed it and how much I'd missed because I've, I've very good gear at home you know I've good rec- I've invested heavily in good solid recording equipment but there really is no compar- comparison to a soundproof studio good gear you know a good uh, monitor and mixing desk and just the atmosphere and the the temple the meditative practice of coming in to this dedicated space uh, is not to be underappreciated and so I will be recording from the studio most of the time now I'd say between now and Christmas anyway hopefully um, and keep ourselves as ahead of time as possible um, so please do follow me over on Instagram at firesidebard email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com please do support me over on Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com link is in the description for as little as 5 euro a month pay more if you want you can support the podcast and gain access to bonus episodes uh, next week we will have a story of the Countess of the Fountain sometimes called the Lady of the Well I've, I called it from its other version the Countess of the Fountain because it seems stronger I'll see you all. You'll hear me all next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside.
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 